Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. Having said that, I would like to introduce my guest. He's a colleague, Deputy Head of Research, uh, Gerbrand van, van Heerden. And I specifically called him on to talk about research he has been involved in on a macro review produced by my colleagues at the uh, Center for Risk Analysis, looking at South Africa's quality of life. Uh, Gerry, welcome. Hello, Sarah. It is good to be back on Chai <laughs> Thank you. Gerry, um, how often is this index produced? So this is an index that we started back in 2017, and it has been an index that we've updated ever since. Okay, so it's been, it's been yeah. annual ever since? Yes, correct. Okay. Because that, the purpose of that is, um, you know, also to track um, South Africa's progress in the mm. last years in improving the, the quality of life. Mm-hmm. and to see whether we're moving forward or going backwards. Okay. I see from your from your introduction that the idea of the index is to enable users to benchmark South Africa's process, as you say, in improving the quality of life in resident, of its residents and to draw comparisons between South African provinces as well as different racial groups. It, what is the particular... What do, you, what do you find is the particular benefit of looking at, at the issue per province and, and highlighting the differences or the the, the range of, 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 of sort of numerical positives or negatives awarded to the provinces? Well, I think um, one of the standout findings when we look at a provincial breakdown is we see which provinces work relatively well and which do not. And, and the report does highlight that there's a continued urban-rural split in South Africa with the Western Cape and Gauteng performing the best, each with a score of six, uh, of above six out of ten. And the more rural provinces, such as the Eastern Cape and Limpopo, um, performed the worst, each with a score of below five out of of 10. And, and this is important because it's, it gives us, or it has a number of implications, this, mm-hmm. this urban-rural split. I think the first implication is what immediately stands out is where you work and where you live really has an, it really is pivotal in terms of the type of opportunities um, that are afforded to you in in life. And so the the government would would like us to believe that the biggest problem that South Africa is facing is is inequality between the race groups. Mm-hmm. But what we're actually what we what this report continues to show us is that Yes, inequality still exists between the race groups, but um, geographically, it's it's actually more um, uh, uh, in a in a geographic sense, uh, it has a more bigger impact on on what type of opportunities you have, mm. and then and then secondly, 
is that when we looked at the the provincial breakdown, uh, as I've mentioned, the, the Eastern Cape and Limpopo were the two provinces that performed the worst. Mm. Now, these are the two provinces that have also um, lost a, a huge proportion of their populations to migration. Mm -hmm. to more urbanized provinces or better performing provinces such as the Western Cape and Gauteng. Mm -hmm. And this has also huge political implications for the ANC because the Eastern Cape and Limpopo were the two provinces where the ANC did the best mm -hmm. during the municipal elections. But the Western Cape and Gauteng were the two provinces where the ANC did uh, exceptionally poorly. Mm. But that is where people are now moving to. Mm. They are exiting poor performing provinces such as the Eastern Cape and Limpopo. And they are moving to Gauteng in the Western Cape where quality of life is a little bit better. Mm. And that's going to spell a lot of trouble for the ANC in the next uh, few elections because um, they've now become a more rural party, basically. Mm. 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 No, it's interesting. I, I, I saw firsthand the effect of that migration from Limpopo uh, in the admission to public schools in Gauteng, where over the years, uh, parents either have sent their children to Gauteng or have moved to Gauteng with their children for a better quality of education. Mm -hmm. And accordingly, it's put an enormous stress on, on, the, on, the, on the provision of schooling Mm -hmm. uh, because it increases the need every year, and 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 the Gauteng Department of Education can't can't catch up with that need. Mm -hmm. Can I just ask about the the question? You t uh, most interestingly talk about people increasingly moving to essentially the big cities that have possibilities. They 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 financially strong. Do you have any sense of what the rural urban split is population wise um so uh do you do you mean in terms of um how many people reside in, mm. in because because i mean for decades we were a predominantly rural society mm. but mm. we have been urbanizing much like the rest of the world has at, if, a, at, a, at a considerable rate. And I wondered, because as you say, that would reflect, the ANC would essentially continue to only mostly serve a rural population. Yes, yes. Um, so if I remember correctly, um, I think uh, South Africa's urbanization rate is around um, 60, 65%. Mm -hmm. um, but... Uh, as you've mentioned, um, South Africa has is very much like the world urbanizing at a rapid rate, mm -hmm. and and um, we are seeing an exodus from more rural provinces. I think the 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 Eastern Cape, for example, in the last five years, have lost around three hundred thousand people, mm -hmm. um, whereas Limpopo has lost around 200,000 people in the last five years. Gauteng mm -hmm. has gained around 1 million people during that same period, and the Western Cape has gained 300,000 mm -hmm. people during those mm -hmm. years. And 
Yeah, I think uh, uh, I think it's it's not surprising. I mean, the majority of people in in the Eastern Cape are now unemployed. Mm. Only twenty percent of households in Limpopo have their refuse removed at least once a week. Around forty percent of households in in Limpopo and in Mpumalanga don't have a basic sanitation mm. facility. So there's very little incentive for young people mm. to, to remain in, in these um, rural provinces. And that, that means that um, young, more skilled uh, or educated people, um, or, or even less educated, are going mm. to, to run to Gauteng mm. and the Western Cape. And, and the that's going to put significant pressure on these urbanized provinces and they will have to carry the rest of South Africa, mm. which, um, which is just, um, um, which continues to fall behind. Mm. As, as, it, is, it is a phenomenon uh, worldwide, so I suppose to some extent there's something natural in it. But can I ask, I'm just looking at the uh, um, worst quality of life being found in Lapopo, owing largely to high levels of unemployment and poor access to piped water. Now, these both the issue of, of policies that encourage unemployment and water are a uh, national competence, competency, first and foremost. Do we have any idea to what extent it's, it's national government failure or provincial government failure, or is it just a combination of both? I definitely think it's a combination of both. I definitely think that the policy decisions and the ideology that dominates that national government trickles down. To or doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> so the when it comes to water provision, uh, I mean that is a good indicator of how well a government is functioning because mm. it's a huge basic necessity. Mm. And just a third of house, or, or a, a, a third of households in the Eastern Cape and in Limpopo don't have access to safe drinking water. And what we've essentially seen now in the last few years is a collapse of local government mm. due to a variety of reasons. Um, first of all, our economic environment. Um, is not conducive to growth or to investment or to tax revenue. So our municipalities are financially under strain. Mm. Um, secondly, um, the, the competency level and the ethical uh, or the, 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 the moral fiber of our, our local governments have have gone backwards due to excessive corruption mm. and with no accountability. And that has been highlighted by the, the uh, by a, a, a range of Auditor General reports, mm. um, which have shown that the the number of municipalities with an unqualified audit, that's a very good audit or a clean audit, has shrunken uh, and continues to shrink in in the last few years. And the number with qualified audits, that's your bad audits mm. and adverse opinions that you're really, really bad audits. Um, th that that list just gets 
longer and longer. And and that is why we've seen two things, uh, or essentially one thing happening at local government level. And that is, first of all, heavy privatization mm-hmm. um, with households um, increasingly throwing their, their healthcare needs, their energy needs, their um, security needs to, to the private sector. And when you have such a heavy privatization trend, that is indicative of um, state entities not working properly. Mm. And secondly, um, we've, we've seen now that a number of um, municipalities are seeing uh, communities and businesses stepping in to, to fill in potholes, mm. <laughs> to, to, um, to fix the sewage system in those municipalities. I mean, they're basically doing the government's job. Mm. And and I think that's what, what we're seeing now is the, or what we're experiencing now is the phenomenon of a receding state, mm. of a weakened state. We can buy poor ideology, by corruption, and with people being forced to, to you know, take matters into their own hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, that's that's definitely the, the the issue. I mean, it doesn't appear that provincial government, which is responsible for for municipalities, while they may go to court for for political reasons, they don't actually seem. I don't get the impression that they are getting the municipalities out of trouble. Um, and I suppose it's partly because the provinces don't operate too well themselves. I, I was quite a, just a sort of noted. Um, just want to find out it. You mentioned in your report that the best quality of life in South Africa is to be found in the Western Cape, with an overall score of 6.3. The province's weakness, however, lies in its murder rate, which, of course, is you know, without if you don't know the prov- if you don't know the province and the history with uh, with gang uh, gang crime, uh, would seem rather rather odd. Mm. But to what extent, in your view? Can can the provincial government, which takes a lot, must, must take a lot of credit for the for the Western Cape, do anything about that that factor? If policing is national, is a national competence, and they don't have control over, you know, a, a national police force that is based in 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 the Cape. Well, what is, what do you, what should, uh, what are the, what is the Western Cape doing, to your knowledge? What should what should they be doing, or is it again that as much as possible gets outsourced to the private sector? Mm. Um, so I uh, currently uh, reside in in Cape Town in the Cape Town city centre, mm-hmm. and there is a huge presence here in the city centre of um, uh, private security officials that have. Um, you know, that work in conjunction with the the municipality. And it is, as you say, police in South Africa, uh, they're a national competence. And and unfortunately, uh, the Western Cape suffers from from a very, very high crime rate. But there's not much that the province can do because police are a national competence. Mm. And it is, as you've said earlier, before our interview started, I mean, uh, we've, we've seen how incapable and how unprepared our police were 
during the the July riots, mm. and and that's due to years of um, uh, skills exodus, of employments not the right employments being made, employments made um, for ideological reasons, uh, national commissioner wise. You you have a huge uh, managerial presence in the police that take huge salaries away. Mm. Um, but they don't have much to to show for it, and and um, so that's that's unfortunately a, a, a big problem that South Africa is sitting with is state state functions such as security that is is just not much used to South African citizens, mm. and I think it's also um, while we're talking about the July riots, mm. you know, a lot of people. Or a lot of com- commentators have said that, you know, it's Zuma loyalists, or it's because of the pandemic people are suffering, and that is why the, you know, we've seen the violence, you know, get out of control on the scale that it did. Mm. But, but what we also found with our our research doing this quality of life index for 2022 is that, yes, a number of indicators um, on the index have dropped dramatically between 2021 and 2022, and that's because of the pandemic. Those are the pandemic mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. But like I said earlier, we've started this index since 2017, which has 2016 data as well. Mm-hmm. And when we compare the 2022 index with the 2016, the 2017 index, we seen we we still see indicators decline dramatically, which means that quality of life in South Africa has been declining uh, long before the the arrival of the pandemic, and that is because we. We the, the government has created an environment where you know job opportunities are not being cre- created. Businesses can't you know function sustainably. Mm. Um, we don't have an educated workforce. Um, so matric pass rate, for example, was one of the indicators that we've had in in the index, and. You know, that that indicator is somewhat flawed because even though South Africa has an extremely high pass rate, I mean, when when an outsider will look at our pass rate, they would think, oh, South Africa's schooling system functions pretty well. They have a 76% metric pass rate. Mm. But what that pass rate conceals is a very low pupil retention rate. So many pupils fall out of school between grade 10 mm. and and matric. So by the time pupils reach matric, around half have left school already. Mm. Mm. No, the, the, this, the, the, that is, a, uh, in a way, a scandal of, of, of another quality that I think mm. we need to look at um, in more depth. But, uh, Kerry, thank you very much for coming on and uh, describing the situation in South Africa and delivering us, delivering the news but uh, you can find the bit you can find it better if you know what it what's actually going on and uh, we'll have you back in the future to talk on similar issues thank you so much sarah it was great to speak to you
Cheers. Okay, bye.